Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. Hi, I'm Adam Tom, the CEO of Glider Inc. And this is Christopher Lee. I'm the Product Director at Glider Inc. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, for joining the podcast today. Glad to, to have you with us, um, or with me anyway. Um, yeah, there's just one of me. <laughs> so, uh, but before we kind of dive in, I thought we'd maybe expand a little bit on the introductions a bit, right? Because Adam, I mean, you and I go way, go back a bit, right? Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the media, going to Terry on, but before that, I think we spent a lot more time maybe talking to each other during your uh, your RGB days, right? And we connected yeah. a lot then. Mm-hmm. We were talking about, gosh, digital simulcast and kind of the, the initial steps toward an IP video transition. Uh, yeah, I kind of thought about it a little bit and like digital simulcast, uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, it was like the Stone Age. <laughs> it feels like now, yeah, which maybe kind of goes to show, yeah, kind of your video now. Yeah, and it kind of goes to show how long we've been kind of kicking around, right? So, <laughs> um, but then you're at uh, Samsung before this, right? So maybe, yeah, what were you doing there? Yeah, so um, so I was heading up North American Engineering for smart TVs for the navigational experience on smart TVs. So that was discovery, um, search, um, you know, profiles and um, navigating around the apps on smart TVs. And then I also was responsible for engineering and product for um, Samsung's CTV ad business, which was Samsung ads. Okay. So you were, you were right in the middle of the, the streaming craze and, and uh, all the competition going on the smart TV side, right? And then, Chris, for you, um, yeah. Before we dive in, maybe just you know, kind of tell us about your your path here, right? You have a lot of video background. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, I certainly nestled myself into the the cable industry probably going on 15 years ago now when I was with GemStar TV Guide in their TV Guide Interactive team. Um, so the timing about this was. You know, OCAP was starting to emerge, and EBIF was some of the exciting interactive technologies for set-top boxes. And I was working on guides um, where the kind of our main focus was the emergence of TV everywhere and what the right consumer experience would be vis-a-vis linear television, DVR television, and on-demand streaming content. So those were some of the earliest challenges I was trying to solve at TV Guide, then hopped the fence over and and got to put an action plan into place over at Comcast. So okay. I worked on the X1 products for a little while and then um, jumped into uh, the, what do they call it? The connected home space where it was streaming internet uh, services plus IOT and all of those exciting things as well. So really well-rounded view of the cable consumer experience. Okay. Well, you both, yeah. So you guys have both been uh, kind of traveling the path of the kind of the video evolution for for quite a few years yeah kind of thinking about ocap and digital simulcast you know yeah. it you know takes us back a bit but um but we're here to talk a little bit about trends in streaming and and kind of how that ties back uh to the new company so uh maybe we can start off with a brief understanding of what uh glider is and and what what's the the problem or challenge that you're you're trying to solve with respect to to streaming, which, you know, is kind of taking over the world right now. Yeah. You know, Jeff, right now it's a great time to be a, a consumer of 
television and video. You know, there's been this explosion of content, um, so many scripted and unscripted series and movies being created today, and all the choice of services that people have. Um, but you know, with with this great and wonderful choice, it's also become more complex you know, for the consumer to find content that they want, discovering content that um, you know is going to be of interest to them. Right. And then also finding which services that content is on, and it's becoming more and more complex. So what Glider does is we help people become aware of content and to discover content that they might be interested in watching and also find out which services that might be interesting to them and then have that content that they are interested in. Right. Uh, And then with that, uh, um, sorry, Jeff. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's a lot to keep tabs on, right? I mean, we can, we can expand on it. I mean, there's a, uh, uh, you know, in addition to the, you know, the main primary, big streaming services. I mean, there's a lot of niche ones, you know, there's a subscription, there's AVOD, there's a lot of options out there. So, uh, I mean, that, that's a lot to kind of take in and, and decipher and kind of filter through. Yeah, it is. And, you know, we, as everyday consumers, we know about the top streaming services out there, but there's a ton of content that people are interested in. And so how do you, you know, how do we do that? And so our, our mission was to help make it easy and uh, for consumers to do that. And what we have, what we've created is a, is a consumer mobile app on, on Android and, and iOS um, that you know, helps the consumer um, navigate through all of these, um, these shows and make sense of it and also to take control of streaming video. And how we do that is, uh, you know, when you... Every time you go out and you talk to friends and family, you know, inevitably it comes up, what are you watching these days, right? And that is a great indicator of, you know, what you're going to watch. When your friend recommends something or your family member recommends something to watch, you're probably going to watch it. You know, there's all these great recommendation engines out there. But when your family or friend says something, you know, that's really a strong recommendation. And we, as we thought about this company and started this company, we said, hey, you know, that's something that we should really explore. And so what Glider does is it it kind of harnesses that power of that connected and social power of your friends to help you uh, figure out what to watch, um, uh, decide what's, what's best for you. And then the next step is to help consumers manage not only their existing subscriptions, but maybe future ones so that they can gain access to that content you know, in a way that makes sense for them. Now, yeah. And now is it all, is it entirely based on kind of the word of mouth within your social circle in Glider? Or are you also kind of servicing recommendations based on yeah, interests and, and things where you're like AI and machine learning can kind of play a role? Yeah. Um, you know, I, um, I'm going to let Chris take that one. You know, as head of, head of product, this is like his, you know, he's, this is his passion, so I'm gonna let him him take that. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. So, yeah, Jeff, I think the way we, we kind of view it is it's you know it is certainly layers of an onion, or the the product experience will grow as we scale. So initially, um, we will see the experience with 
you know, editorially driven recommendations and very linear push of, of uh, collated content. Um, but we also encourage our users to share recommendations amongst themselves. And our approach here is that as uh, these, the social network starts to uh, exchange recommendations, um, that we can apply machine learning to this exchange. And you got to consider we have some interesting data points to, to use in our profile building as we start to train um, our service to anticipate shows amongst your friends that you're watching. And so we'll be able to understand if somebody recommended a program to somebody else and they add it to their watch list and then click through and end up watching that show, we'll be able to show that as a positive correlation to the recommendation. And then we can apply that, that learning, that learned behavior to other friend groups. So if they're watching, you know, everyone watched, um, you know, the popular show on, on Disney, Boba Fett, right? And amongst that peer group, we can check, okay, there's 10 out of 10 friends watch that show. But in that other peer group, as an example, if only eight of those 10 friends watch that program, we can actually use our service to push that recommendation of Boba Fett to the two that haven't watched it on the premise that, hey, your friends have watched this and you haven't, maybe you should watch it and catch up. So we'll have that opportunity to grow our service to become even more valuable than just sharing recommendations about friends, it can be predictive. Interesting. Now, how how are you going to go about um, creating kind of this community, right? I mean, you just launched the apps, so it's going to be a process, you know, to get uh, people on board and to invite their friends or peer groups and so forth. So, what's kind of the the process to to get that together? Yeah, great question. So um, we coined a phrase early on that that resonates well with us and helps us to describe it, and it's called micro-social engagement, right? That's just, um, so if you look, Instagram is a a terrific example of the opposite of micro-social. It is, here is me, let me broadcast my brand out to friends, family, and second and third degree connections and the popularity drives new followers and you kind of float to the top on the shoulders of friends, but also strangers. So when we look at Glider, the initial experience is micro-social. It is intimate relationships amongst friends and family members that we'll start off with. And our approach is because people are, you know, uh, they're, they're their authentic self, so you can't hide behind an avatar and a keyboard. You're actually projecting your opinions to your friends and family. There's a comfort level that's assumed when it's you know this intimate micro-social group, but it also allows our users to find their voice. Um, we you know we comparing that to some of our um, our competitors and op, uh, other alternatives out there, where the social experience is broadcast out you'll notice that people have that timid first step, you know, afraid to be branded that I don't like these particular uh, horror movies, right? And so they are reticent to share their personal opinion with a, a public group. But in a private setting, you'll let loose on your recommendation, right? And it's because that 
that trust, that intimacy is established. And so our approach is to start out with this, you know, focus group, allow people to gain their voice. And then as they start to, to um, explore, we, we can introduce a following model and be more public with our social engagement. Okay. And early on, right. So you, you, you the mobile apps are, are just out there. Uh, any, uh, I don't know how specific you can be, but uh, you know, any, uh, initial takeaways uh, early on or kind of feedback you've gotten, results, et cetera, realizing it hasn't been that long. Sure, sure. So we've uh, we've been in beta for several months now. Um, okay. We, we, we connected with you, the, you know, very lucky here to have connected with you based on our recent announcement. So we've been in beta testing for several months. We just uh, launched the product publicly. Um, we learned a lot of interesting things from our, our beta uh, user base, um, primarily of which that, you know, average subscriber or our, our average uh, users subscribe to anywhere between six and 10 services. These are paid services, okay. right? They don't mind sharing their passwords, which is interesting. I'm not pulling on any string here other than it's a community-based experience, right? Um, and also we had a clear aha moment that amongst these users and their six to 10 services, they have no idea how much they're paying each month for these services. Um, you mean you know, collectively, like when you roll it up, it's correct. like, wow, correct. it's, uh, you, you, uh, yeah, if they have six to 10, uh, yeah, you can be somewhere $100 or more, or, you know, I don't know. That's exactly what we heard. You know, yeah. wow. You know, these are the comments we're getting back from our surveys and, and feedback models is, I had no idea it was $127. I mean, that's truly what it is. And it's, you know, it's we, we, in our industry, we called it a la carte, right? Yeah. Well, you get what you asked for here. You got a card here and a card there and a card there. You have no idea that it's bundled into a monthly package. And so that first level uh, experience, we have this clever little onboarding flow that serves two purposes. And the one I just described to you, it's what is my bundle actually look like? What's it cost each month? But it also provides that familiarity plank into our product experience where you mentioned right at the top of the call, there are so many major and minor uh, streaming services out there. There's VOD, there's Fast, there's Subscription, all of those types of things. This helps us get the consumer through the initial clutter and focused on what they know. So they know what Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, and maybe someone dabbles in a little bit of Tubi or a little bit of Zumo, trying to get some of the free services involved there. But it filters the view down and it allows us to give them a familiar first-time user experience before we start branching them out and saying, hey, you know, that movie that you wanted to watch that was once exclusive to Netflix is now streaming on Prime Video. And so then we yeah. can start breaking them out. Well, I think that that's, that's almost like the hardest thing to figure out for a consumer sure. because uh, Netflix, or like an example, HBO Max, House of the Dragon. Yeah, we know it's on, you know, it, it's attached to HBO, like Game of Thrones, but a you know, movie, yeah, you know, the it, it could be, yeah, you're right. It can kind of bounce around just depending on how the rights deals uh, are, are getting put together in the length of them. And, and, uh, yeah, as a consumer, you're not tracking that sort of stuff. And, you know, I've kind of found like, if there's a movie I wanted to see and I'm like, I'm not sure where it is, I'll just like Google it and, yeah. and, and see, Oh, okay. It's on, you know, X, Y, and Z. I have X one at home and, and yeah, I'll kind of plug something in there. And sometimes it'll 
surface it and tell me if it's available to me on Prime or something else. Uh, but there, there still feels it doesn't feel like we're there yet. There's still some limitations, you right. know, around it. Yeah, and the thing really. is, you know, you hear about a movie, and and then you know when it comes time to sit down to watch it, you go, "What was that movie? And where was it?" And you try to find it. And so even if you search for it, you know, that's great. But what we also saw is that we needed to make a bridge into helping people keep track of that. And so we wanted to make these interactions with their friends and if they do search to be actionable. And what that means is to be able to add it to a watch list that goes across all services. So, you know, because most people are interested in content that is, you know, relatively broad and it, it does span across multiple services. So we can, through in our app, you can create as a user your what we call a universal watch list. So you can keep track of, of shows that you want to watch. And it's not only for services that you subscribe to, but services that you might not subscribe to, but you're interested in that content. And then as you then sit down in front of the TV and look at what's on your watch list, you can then start watching it. But then maybe you go, well, hey, there's all this content from you know, somebody like Paramount Plus or, you know, Peacock or Curiosity Stream that you're interested in and you've collected all this content around that, then you can go, well, maybe I should subscribe to that service. And, um, you know, the other part is of what we do is a subscription management and we can make it and remove a lot of that friction to signing up. Yeah. How do you explain that too, right? Because that was another area I wanted to dive into, the subscription management piece, uh, because I think the other area that can, can use some help is uh, the, if, you know, if you're subscribing to six to 10 services, you know, tracking all these um, uh, passwords and, you know, making sure that the device is registered and, you know, it's a lot to do and it kind of adds some friction and everything. So uh, yes, yeah, so to kind of manage that, what do you guys, what, what is Glider doing to, to kind of ease the pain for that. Yeah, well, there's a couple things. One is, you know, as, as Chris was saying, with this kind of neat onboarding process where you can, you know, start tracking your subscriptions and uh, we estimate how much you're paying and you can adjust that to, to what you're actually paying. And then you can see you can see all your subscriptions in one place. And then secondly, as you said, around, you know, your passwords, like when I, if I buy a new... Uh, Roku device. Or oh, yeah. Apple it's like, device, it's, like, it's like, I got to put an hour password. aside. Well, you right. know, whenever you do that, you got to, yeah, it's like, okay, I got to load all the apps and I got to put in my passwords and yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, it's a chore. Right. Yeah. yeah. To, to, to and, kind of set up a new device like that. And we're approaching it in, in kind of, you know, crawl, walk, run. And so one of the first things we do is we provide a place where a secure place where people can store their, their credentials in one place so that if mm-hmm. they, you know, get a new device and they want to look at their password. Well, um, in the credentials, you know, we've got a, a place, a central place that's focused on streaming video for them. And then if they do want to uh, sign up for a service, you know, a lot of times you got to figure out where to go and do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe go onto your, your browser and search for uh, you know, that service and sign yeah. up. Go into their silo. Uh, we, we kind of take yeah. a lot of that, those steps out of the process and bring it into the app. And so people, we kind of take them to that, right to that doorstep of where they can sign up 
you know, with one click and then they can enter their credentials and, and sign up. Now, do you have to, to, to kind of set up that secure component? I mean, do, do you have to work with the individual streaming services or do you work um, on your own, in your own area, so to speak? And, and it's up to the uh, your customer, you know, to, to trust you to, that you're handling everything securely. Yeah, right now we don't want to really get in the, the middle of that process. We just want to make it easy for them to to go there for the user to to provide their own credentials and, and you know and sign up or if they want to um, you know it's a new uh, service to they enter their credit card information directly with the the service we just want to take all those steps out to get to that point for them so they don't really have to think about how to get to that point all right and you know you're doing a lot of uh, things that can help consumers stay on top of all this and and get recommendations and, and secure access to all their passwords for the streaming services and so forth. So what is your business model, right? Because the, the app itself, I understand, I mean, is it, is it free? I, I believe it is, but uh, I don't know if there's an ad component or you get referrals or how do you, yeah. uh, what's the business model? Yeah. As you said, right now it's, it's free to consumers and, you know, that's our that's our business model and and right now it's about you know when we started this it was about looking at the consumer and helping them you know because we've been in the, this business a long time and you know we we know how complex it can be to figure this stuff out and we wanted to make it easy for them so you know it's our focus is on the consumer and solving the problems for them and this is kind of our our um you know our guiding light so Right now, it's about growing our user base, and you know, and hopefully we provide a service that they like. So if we do that, it's it's about growing the user base and and consumer engagement. Uh, later on, as um, you know, we grow, we think that we can provide a focused marketing channel, you know, of for the streaming video vertical, uh, for shows, movies, and and streaming services that uh, you know they will want to use to help promote and and create awareness around content that's coming out, um, which I think people will find valuable. And then there's you know we can provide some insights around how people consume content. Right. So how how does that translate though into the business model? You know where where would the revenue come from? Yeah. So later on, you know like like all, um, you know, social networks, um, it'll be around marketing you know, sponsorships, promotions, um, uh, around content and, and, and services. Okay. And one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was, uh, you know, this is at least initially the way it's set up, like a direct to consumer application, it's, you know, yes. people load it up. And off they go. Uh, you know, there has been some other activity around uh, partnerships with uh, broadband service providers that, uh, you know, maybe are still in the pay TV game or maybe they're out of it and, and they're kind of really focused on broadband, but they want to maintain a video relationship with the uh, the customer. I mean, do you see a uh, an opportunity or possibility to work with uh, service providers where, you know, where the kind of, uh, benefits you're providing you know, could be distributed through them. 
Yeah, you know, our our primary marketing channel is a direct-to-consumer channel. Um, but, you know, that being said, as you said, um, you know, broadband operators would like to stay and you know, keep their toe in the water in the, in the video business because a lot of these uh, broadband operators were you know, MVPDs and, some of, and many of them still are. Um, and they want to provide a, a, an added, a value added service, you know, by helping their consumers, their customers, uh, and help them take some of the work out of accessing and watching streaming video. And at the same time, it helps them create some stickiness to their broadband service. And so we, we do see that there are synergies there with what we do with the broadband operator and that, you know, there's their relationships that could be beneficial to both parties. Because really, at the end of the day, it's about making that consumer happy and, um, you know, making it convenient. And everybody who watches streaming video has to do it over some sort of a broadband connection. So, yeah, we do see that there. There can be some great synergies with um, broadband operators, but also with uh, streaming platforms um, that want to, you know, like Roku's and Apple TVs and Amazon Fire TV and TVs and smart TVs, uh, because they, you know, they create a great consumer experience while somebody's in front of the TV. Um, but there's a lot of time people are not in front of the TV. And they want to, we think they would want to create a great off TV, you know, create that off TV engagement with the consumer while they're not in front of the TV that then carries over and complements that experience when they're in front of the TV. Okay. And what are you going to do? Because the, the, um, you talk about the kind of the growth path that you want to pursue. So mm -hmm. obviously to do that, you're going to need people to get into, you know, get the app, sign on, but, you know, you're going to have to generate awareness that it's there. So yeah. we're talking about it here. I mean, uh, but what's the, the plan kind of moving forward to, 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 to get yourself out there and to get people to, to jump into it? Yeah. So right now, you know, we're just starting off. We just launched on, on the app stores uh, and, our focus right now is, is on organic and, and viral growth um, right now to see. And, you know, that means going out on social media, talking to, um, you know, getting out there and getting the word out and talking to, to you, Jeff. And, um, and then through internally through friend invites um, within the app. And, you know, video is a very social experience. So we think that there has a potential to create a good viral coefficient there is um, you know, it's, it's a, there's built in communities already. Um, and then later on, we'll, you know, go figure out what our, our kind of paid marketing channels are. And, uh, but right now it's, it's, it's focused around organic and viral and, and okay. you know, friends. All right. And then for the company itself, um, even before we jumped on here, uh, I, I saw you on LinkedIn, you had mentioned something about, kind of seed funding, right? And then one of the questions I was going to have is like, hey, what's going on the uh, the financing end of the the company? So I imagine it's, uh, you know, j just getting started, but mm -hmm. maybe explain what's happening on the on the seed funding side. Yeah, so we've raised um, several hundred thousand dollars in seed funding. Uh, and the lead investors, uh, one was John Hendricks, uh, who you know from Discovery Communications. Right. And um, and Goodwater Capital, so okay. a great consumer tech um, VC fund. Uh, 
Uh, and so we've, you know, we've, uh, that's helped us uh, create the, the app and do development. And you know, we've got our team that's uh, um, seven of us committed to this and uh, putting in our time and effort and uh, really want to see this uh, to fruition. Uh, and we're, of course, we're always constantly raising money. So now with this launch and building up users, we'll be out there uh, doing some fundraising. Okay, great. Well, maybe that kind of fits into the kind of the last question I had because we're already eight months into the year. So uh, last thing, what, what's kind of the next steps now? Big priorities, obviously funding's you know going to be part of it going you know as a, an ongoing thing, but for the rest of uh, this year into 2023, whether that's you know product orient, uh, oriented with product or otherwise. Yeah, you know it's all about growth, user growth, and creating strong retention and engagement, and figuring out which uh, you know which features um, in the app that'll that'll do that. Um, and um, yeah, you know I'll let uh, Chris also from the product side kind of say what he. He thinks the big priorities are going forward. Yeah. What's on the horizon there? Yeah. So a couple of interesting things, you know, um, there, there's an existing product experience uh, where you share your recommendations with your friends. And what we attempted to do when we launched this thing was literally launch and learn. So very few restrictions as to what you can recommend to your friends, whether they want to show a movie or an episode, something you've watched, something you want to watch. Um, it's resonated very well with our user base. Uh, we've, we've even got the money quote from somebody saying, this feels just like Instagram for video streaming. It's like, great. I couldn't have you know, written that if I was a marketer. Um, yeah. That'd be a nice so tagline if you could use it, right? Yeah, really. Exactly <laughs> that. So I think what we'll do is, um, based on some of that feedback, is kind of grow and nurture that experience. Some folks want to use that as an opportunity to tell them the 10 things that they want to watch this month. Others like to collect almost like a virtual catalog. If you remember the old days of, you know, your VHS tape room where you saved all of your movies and you kind of expressed your fandom by saying, look how big my collection is. Well, this is going to eventually become the digital version of that. So, which leads me into my, my second sort of product focus is we have, uh, take a step back. We, we had a, a very interesting challenge years ago um, with first with TiVo and their star rating. Is this a one star or a five star or anything in between? And what does that even mean? And then fast forward to the uh, uh, Facebook days where it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down and you're trying to express your interest or lack of interest in something um, that's very subjective in movies and television shows. And so what we've kind of started to do, one of our product innovations is to use stickers right, to decorate your social media recommendations with very specific sentiment of, you know, it's not just I liked or disliked the show, but it might be like the production value or the writing or anything in between where you're not looking at uh, the elements of one through five, but you're actually looking at one through a hundred to really get down deep into what the consumer expresses. And so... Yeah. To sum it up, we'll be improving our social engagement feature set and providing those fine-tooth controls for the consumer to really express their interest in a show, to really fine-tune our recommendation service. Okay. Well, great. Well, I'm, uh, sounds like you're you're 
off and running with the the apps in the app store. So we'll we'll stay in touch. But I think that's where we're gonna leave it for today. So Adam and Chris, thanks for uh, joining me today on the podcast. I look forward to staying in touch. Yeah, thank much, you, Jeff. It was a pleasure. And thanks for the uh, opportunity. Sure thing. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.